Uh, thank you again for joining us for today's Friday Gallery Talk. Um, we have today with us Milena Kalinowska, our Director of Public Programs and Education for the Hirshhorn. Um, she's formerly the Director of the Institute of Contemporary Art in Boston, and she is also an active curator, having organized over 40 exhibitions worldwide. Um, please help me to welcome Milena Kalinowska. Thank you. Uh, now, before I begin, it'll be wonderful to know where you are from. So where are you from? I'm from Oh, you're from, so you are nearby. Yes. Oh, I was hoping that I'm going to be addressing some visitors from far. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm from Massachusetts. From Honolulu, wonderful. And you? Massachusetts. Massachusetts, oh, I used to be in Massachusetts, yes. Um, well, that's wonderful to have you here. Uh, I think it'll be fun to have a discussion about the sculpture. Now, when we look at Jeff Koons here, and you know, of course I know how famous he is, so in my mind, I have both, I'm both looking at it and I'm doubting it. Because I sort of think, you know, how does it feel here on the mall? Is it really important? And if it's important, why? So let's have a discussion about it, or would you like to know a little bit more about it? What do you think? A little bit more, a little bit more, okay. Now, why was this work exhibited for the first time in Munster? There is a very famous um, exhibition that takes place there every 10 years, and it's called Sculpture Project in Munster. It was uh, originated, I believe, in 1977 by a very thoughtful, extremely eloquent curator Kaspar Koenig. And what that exhibition consisted of is through this monster, which is really ordinary provincial town. Just imagine any provincial picturesque town anywhere in where you live. And there he would ask artists from all over the world, including those that are German and non-German, to come and select site-specific place, meaning a place where they want to position the sculpture of any kind. He could either help them to create it, the curator in the town, or sculpture that they could bring, but that sort of fits the space extremely well. So, Jeff Koons arrived there and he walked everywhere until he came to a square, and I have an image here of that square. One for this side, and the other one for this side. And what you can see, of course, on the square is the original sculpture of Kippenkeller, a restaurant behind it called also Kippenkeller. It's a very tall pedestal. And in front of pedestal, there is a little picturesque fountain. And during the summer, people sit there and enjoy themselves. Now, what is the history of that original sculpture, which is actually made, I believe, of bronze? It was made by an academician, academic artist, very realistic sculpture of Kippenkeller. And Kippenkeller means a traveling merchant, right? You can see traveling merchant. This is a, a person from the countryside who also 
interacts with the city, with his kippe, meaning a basket, in which he has, you know, here we have, what do we see? We see, um, is it potatoes or bread, the chickens, ham, yes, fish. Uh, what do you think this is? Eggs, eggs, excellent, eggs. Um, and there is a basket maybe with something else. So this is a, this is a figure, a merchant, traveling merchant, who goes to the farms, buys whatever from the farmers that he thinks he can sell, and then goes to the cities and makes it available. And what does it symbolize for us? You know, we, we know all about markets and that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's sort of self-sufficiency, right? We create something, we sell it, we buy it. Um, it's how we live, right? It's, it's that kind of, it's, it's almost like comforting situation, right? Now, this particular sculpture or statue, you may say, during the World War II, when Munster and other German cities were bombed, was destroyed. Though before it was destroyed, it was really seen as a, when the city around it was destroyed, but sculpture not, it was really seen as a symbol of being able to survive uh, and, you know, being able to survive through kind of the ordinary, self-sufficiency, let's say. Then it was destroyed, but almost immediately another copy was made and put in the middle of the monster. And again, everybody runs, likes to surround itself around that. So now imagine that this is Jeff Koons, who comes, makes a stainless steel exact copy, takes the original sculpture down, puts the copy from stainless steel on the top and leaves it there for that exhibition. Well, there are plenty of other works. I, I would say I saw it there and I was very impressed. <laughs> and of course you see all other you know, sculptures and all other things in parks and cinemas and shopping centers and so on. And this is there. So my question, or maybe we can now start a debate, you know, why did he do it? And then how does it feel here on the mall? And you know, to me, uh, still I'm kind of thinking, well, so many people pass it, do they think, what do they think? Do they think that it belongs here or it's part of the Hiron Museum? Is it a good sculpture or they just pass it as like any other figurative work? So put your hand up if you would like to start the discussion. Don't, don't be afraid because I have to tell you, I am in the same position as you. I mean, I may have more facts, but I have just as many questions. And let's start talking about it. And maybe I may have some answers and maybe you have some answers. You, you seem to be very interested. I just saw it for the first time a couple of weeks ago and I stopped and I saw the base and around the base, it gives you a little bit of information yes. about the... Uh, what does it tell us? Well, that's what I was... It, it said Entwurf, uh, 1896, and the uh, whatever, Scheiman, and uh, yeah. then Wiederherst, 1953. So those must be the two eras. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the first one is the original artist, 
and then the copy was made in 1953. So of course the World War II ended in 45, so it took some time before it was done. Yes. So this is the first thing you saw and... That's the first thing I saw was the, the material, the steel, because it's, uh, it's such a bright, and it was a sunny day when I saw it. Uh, the other thing that impressed me was the, the, the fact of his pipe and the walking stick. Um, in, in the sense of, the, it reminded me more of a Dutch uh, uh -huh. ambience, right. just from looking at it. Share with us, share with us what you are saying. Well, he was asking me uh, just why this is here. I mean, and, yeah. um, I, I, don't, I don't know either. I mean, I just, um, I think of all the other sculptures that are yes. figurative around here, and they're all war heroes. This yeah, isn't a war heroes? War heroes, yeah. Yeah, uh, like DC, colonels yes. and their own horses, and the, it's not that, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a question. Uh, before I came here, I didn't know anything about Jeff Koons, so I Googled, you know, some of his works, and this seems a lot different than anything else he has done. Could you tell a little bit about what else did he does he produce? Uh, what he, uh, what I see that he produces are these um, pictures that like exemplify sex and materialism with like weird. Uh, well, it's odd to me, but probably I don't understand it completely. But it just seems. Um, at your face, kind of more, and this seems more uh, kind of conservative and uh, natural to like what I know of Germany after living there for a couple of years myself. Okay, this is all extremely, you know, good and very pertinent questions, which I'm also asking myself now. Jeff Koons had a first exhibition in 1980, and as we all know, all artists, whether they are writers or visual artists or musicians, evolve. And he started with sculptures like this, right? The ball in the water. So that's the first thing I'd like to mention. Um, and then, of course, this Kip and Keller was produced in 1986 and 7, exhibited. So that takes us back you know, several decades. So now that we look at his work at the moment, it indeed is, as you say, different and takes us further. So maybe the big question here is to ask, what's the motivation behind his work? You know, where does it all come from? And we are very fortunate here, because behind us we have the sculpture garden of the Hirschhorn Museum, right? And when you think of modernism, which started the 20th century, now a very good example of modernist work is indeed uh, Jean Arp, Calder, you can also see Henry Moore, David Smith. Now what do we see? I mean, we don't really see figuration, right? We see uh, more elevated forms, playing with shadows. Uh, we don't see anything really realistic in front of us, correct? Uh, anybody would like to comment on this? The original yeah. sculpture being made of uh, bronze. Yeah. And the new, the, the new, the new material of steel. Yeah, that, that's relevant. That really makes it modern. Excellent. So what happened, you know, when we look at art history, I'm sorry you are all called, when we look at art history, just like any history, 
artists are learning from each other. So artists like Liechtenstein, and you see the brushstroke, which can also remind you of some other things, which is sort of incredibly simple. That's pop art, right? And he reacts to modernist art. Modernist art is really putting art virtually, intellectually on pedestal. It's saying it's elevated, you have to study, you have to experience it, you have to feel it. Pop artists that developed during the 50s and 60s started to create objects that really took everyday things and put it in their art, whether it was a sculpture or a painting. Now what do, do other artists do afterwards? Like Jeff Koons and others similar to him, they start playing with an idea of a ready-made. Now what is the ready-made? You know, ready-made is what is available to us. A table, sorry? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. And one of the first artists who came with that idea that ready-made could be art was Marcel Duchamp. We don't have any work here available, but just keep it in mind when you go through other museums. Now, you, you know Marcel Duchamp, right? So why don't you tell us a few things about that? Well, um, Duchamp was pretty much about um, saying you can define an art job as anything by defining it as that's what it is. He took a urinal and did it. He also took a bicycle stand and, and put that upside down. He also, the famous armory show that came over from New York that was um, Stiglitz and Picasso working together. That was kind of the beginning of modern art and he had the nude descending the staircase and all the critics shot it down. Now it's an iconic painting in our culture. Yeah, absolutely perfect, right? So the artists, particularly American artists from the 80s, have started to talk about the ready-made and something else, appropriation. And appropriation, of course, means to take something from somewhere else and to put it into a new kind of context. Now, what is, what is it that interests Jeff Koons? You know, he said that he never wanted to be ironic, right? So that's the first thing. Secondly, he's very much concerned, at least at the beginning, with an issue of class. Meaning, you know, these works are created for upper classes or even before. He wanted almost like to create a work for everyday person almost as if you are shopping in a store, but it doesn't have to be shopping in the store, it could be going around the museum. And that's where we come back to the stainless steel. Because he really felt stainless steel is the material of every day. You know, it shines, it's beautiful. Just like when we go to the store and start looking at beautiful objects which we want to acquire. And during his recent lecture here, he talked about, you know, beauty, celebrating kindness, celebrating love, almost like a very simple, very, very simple, yet very deep kind of symbols. So I think this is how his work is you know, that's where it is rooted. 
and how it is evolving further. And so here we are with this work. Now my next question is to you and of course to me, you know, does it really work? You know, does it really work here on the mall? Do you take note of it? Uh, do you think it's a, it's a really good work? Or, or do you want to talk about something else, you know, other reactions? You said that Washington is full of warriors. Yeah. And suddenly here on the street, of course, we know it's part of the Hirton Museum, but everyday person, you know, whoever goes here, why would they know that this is a museum? They, of course, know this is Smithsonian, and then they start thinking, well, who's that? Is that a warrior, or what does it symbolize? What does it do here? And of course, it's many artists also, since I think the 80s, have started to play with an idea that monument or celebration doesn't have to be on the pedestal and stand very much above us. Well, think of the Vietnam Memorial. You know, you actually go into it. I personally think that to me, it's one of the most moving monuments I have seen anywhere because you are in it. You are looking at the names. You are, you are, you are there where the soldiers were underground, so to speak. And it touches me incredibly deeply, more than any other figurative sculpture or figurative work celebrating our uh, soldiers today, right? So looking at this work, you know, it's the same kind of thinking that goes on with me. You know, is this, is this really good? Coming to your thought about the location, I think it's interesting what you expressed earlier that the one in Münster is in a central square. Yeah. I think it, it highlights here the fact that you have the sculpture garden behind it and down below. So it's kind of an invitation. Nice, yeah, nice. I like that, I like that. Any other? I guess I didn't really understand it at first, but after hearing y'all's other comments and everything, I think of it as kind of I'm reinterpreting something like I'm kind of Jeff Koons started with the basketball and the aquarium to reinterpret that, and then he took the vacuum cleaner and talked about it could have human forms and all different types of things, and you know he took the large scale like flowers and the dogs and things. He's always reinterpreting things in a way. He's reinterpreting the statue and the stainless steel and the fact that it's an everyday man. I mean, America's about the everyday person. It's not about an elite class. It's in about the everyday. This is really a fabulous comment because it, 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 to me it brings it even, you know, I'm now understanding it even better because you take it from American point of view and you know you're absolutely right. It's about everyday and Jeff being American and, you know, the work eventually ending up in America, though there are three copies and one artist copy. And also the fact that it's commerce because you're dealing... You're dealing not only with the individual, but you're dealing with a collective opportunity that, uh, that it offers. And the idea of commerce is absolutely central to Jeff Koons. He's not apologetic about commerce. He's not ashamed of it. He's basically right there uh, w with it, which, is, which doesn't say that he's necessarily celebrating it. Is that what we live now? now does it work? Does it work? Are you excited about the work? Yeah? What do you think? I mean, I like it, but... Good, yeah. good, good, good. What about you? Like <laughs> it? Uh, I have 
to tell you, I absolutely love it. <laughs> and uh, the, the reason I really think it's fabulous is of all of the reasoning that we went through. And also when you see it, it is really striking and it makes you think. And maybe the thirdly is, because I'm involved in the contemporary art, I'm constantly looking at contemporary artists. And you know, how many could withstand the scrutiny of standing right here and being constantly engaging? It's a very, very, very tough thing. And never getting tired, you know, we, we even know that when we go to the exhibitions, we are happy to see it once, just like music. How often do we go and see it second time? Or how often do we listen to music third time? I have been working at the Hirshhorn for eight years, and every time I go here, I stop, I look. So it's constantly engaging. Um, so to me, uh, it really works. But if it doesn't work for others, it's fine as well. Because I'm really feeling that whether we are familiar with the visual art or not, we are constantly involving I am constantly evolving, and I really like the comment about the commerce that wasn't so clear to me. Uh, and you are constantly learning. Now, what is Jeff Koons doing now? He right now has an exhibition, two exhibitions in New York, uh, one in very prestigious Gagosian Gallery, another one just as prestigious Zwiener Gallery. And in uh, one of the galleries, he has really amazing, again, amazing sculptures of steel material painted. One of them is, I think, um, it's a hair. It's almost like kids' toys, huge kids' toys. But when you look at it, how it's done, absolutely superbly with any kind of mistake. And also what it brings to you, thinking about toys, that the toy could become a sculpture and then the center of your attention. It's absolutely fascinating. And it's one of those artists that I think will be, you know, debated from positive or negative for a long time. Any other comments? Is, is that why he chose to hang it uh, or to install it low? You know, the original is high and so it's more for the people? I, I cannot tell you exactly, but whenever we position sculptures, we think very seriously as to what artists would want. Now, I remember, I think, when this sculpture, which is a size of a person, was positioned in front of the doors as you come to the Hirshhorn Museum, I think it was standing on the ground with a very low pedestal, maybe 10, 15 centimeters high. Um, I think maybe the decision here was made that if it was very low, but, but this, is, this is really just my opinion, that um, just maybe too many people would touch it and not quite realize that it's a sculpture that needs to be also respected. Um, the material is actually steel but it's nickel steel, our conservators tell me, which means that it's incredibly durable, and durable in terms of the weather. 
so you can see how pristine it looks. We restore it once a year, meaning we look at it and see what sort of, you know, touches it demands. Uh, but you know, that's another thing about Jeff Koons. His stuff is very well made. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. And I'm sure you will be seeing Jeff Koons in all kinds of places. Uh, we have only one work. We would love to have, of course, more. Uh, but he also works, for example, with art in embassies and has been creating work for U.S. embassies around the world as well. Um, so he's really having lots of lots of exposure. I also think that his exhibition, retrospective exhibition, will be done in about a year time, if I remember correctly. And um, in New York, I think it's the Whitney Museum, but I'm not absolutely sure now. So I urge you to go and, and look at it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>